Hi everyone, welcome again to the Greening Urban Futures podcast. This is Anna Jones speaking from Helsinki, Finland. We are happy to be back and we have a new season to talk about the future of cities. For that, we are asking the Futures and Foresight community, the urbanist and others to give us their views on how they work to anticipate changes in the years to come. On this episode, we have invited Carlos Moreno. Carlos is an associate professor and scientific director of the ETI, the Entrepreneurship, Territory and Innovation Lab at the Sorbonne University in Paris. But Carlos is perhaps better known for his pioneer concept, the 15-minute city. We start the conversation by asking Carlos to tell us about his beginnings growing up in Colombia and how he became interested in the issues of the urban environment. Let's listen. My personal journey is uh, totally uh, related to my professional activities. Uh, I am a lucky man because I, uh, my family is uh, close to my uh, professional work. My wife is a French artist and totally committed for... Uh, developing with her artistic expressions. My daughters are totally committed for uh, imagining an ecological uh, better life. And, uh... and Carlos, you were born in Colombia. Where did you grow up? <laughs> How did you leap over to France uh, as a very young researcher? Uh, this is a very long history. Uh, I wrote uh, recently a, a book when, uh, for the first time, uh, I uh, evoked my personal situation, uh, in particular uh, in, in Colombia. You're right. I was born in Colombia, in a small town uh, in the Andes Cordillera, in the mountain near to uh, 3,000 meters, Tunja. My father was an illiterate farmer. And for the professional questions, I think that this is not the reality of the professional question for surviving. My father, my mother uh, were constrained to, to move to the different cities. And uh, in reality, my uh, last city where I lived uh, in Colombia is uh, Cali. This is the opposite of uh, Tunja. Tunja uh, is in the tropics, uh, 3,000 3, meters. It's very, very cool. And uh, Cali is uh, just uh, 100 meters. Very, very hot. Uh, Cali is uh, a very, very nice city. It was a very intellectual city, a very young city with a lot of um, uh, students, uh, cultural activities. And I, um, I went to the university in Cali. I was uh, committed in this period in the dark uh, uh, 80s uh, for uh, 
joining the different uh, uh, students' uh, movement, uh, farmers' uh, movement, and I was constrained to uh, to leave uh, my country during the summer '79, and in fact, I have decided to to leave for going to to Paris. Where uh, I arrived uh, as a political refugee for uh, rebuilding my my life. And Carlos, looking back, would you say that Cali was a 15-minute city? <laughs> Cali is a wonderful city. This is the same thing for the different uh, cities in Colombia because this is a extraordinary country. Uh, we have uh, a real deep transformation. Uh, when I um, have decided to to leave uh, uh, Colombia, uh, we had at uh, this moment maybe forty percent of uh, urban dwellers, sixty percent of uh, rural people. Today, 40 years after, we have uh, 30% of rural people, 70% of urban dwellers. The transformation of cities in Colombia, this is the same thing in Latin America. Latin America today, we have uh, 84% of urban dwellers. Uh, this is the second after uh, North America, the second continent more urbanized, including Latin America is more urbanized than Europe. In Europe, we have 77% today. The cities when I lived in, in, in Cali, for example, the different cities, including Cali, were a kind of 15-minute uh, city because we have the multi-center places. We have the multi-services in different districts. Uh, I lived in the very, very vibrant neighborhood. We had used to play in the streets, to, to, to play football, to uh, use bikes. Uh, we have the local shops. Uh, we have the green areas, and in reality, in uh, just 40 years, this uh, magical, uh, vibrant uh, life uh, with the, the different uh, proximities uh, have disappeared. I think that 40 years after, uh, we have uh, uh, lived a uh, Outstanding transformations for uh, unfortunately going uh, to the uh, former um, livable uh, neighborhood to the uh, unhuman cities. And this is today a new challenge for, uh, for Cali, for Colombians to refine this former uh, quality of life. Carlos, you are living what you have called the movement Live in a Living City. And I think listening to you speaking about Colombia and Cali uh, makes me 
relate this leading movement of yours to those beginnings. What do you think is in the horizon for the living and living city as a movement? Um, in fact, uh, I embrace this concept of uh, living a living city when I had this uh, extraordinary opportunity for studying uh, the different uh, lesson of uh, uh, the strong commitment of Jane Jacobs uh, in North America uh, in 60s and 70s. I discovered Jane Jacobs when uh, I'm living in France. Uh, in reality, before to live in France, I, I wasn't uh, interested for uh, studying the German questions. I was uh, passionate uh, by mathematics, uh, computer science. This is my first discipline, in reality. When I uh, arrived in, in France, I have uh, continued to develop uh, um, my expertise in mathematics, computer science. I discovered uh, Edgar Morin, the French sociologist or philosopher, the father of uh, complexity. I discovered uh, Edgar Morin with uh, this vision that uh, it is impossible to solve the, the, the problem of cities without a systemic, without a holistic view. For that, it's not enough to have the high-level skills in mathematics or computer science. We need to understand the question of philosophy, sociology, the complexity of the city in reality based on this triple uh, challenge, ecological, economical, and, and social. And at the same time, I discovered Jane Jacobs. Jane Jacobs um, coined this concept of the living city. Jane Jacobs said uh, we needed to transform our urban life for generating more vibrant neighborhood. Uh, Jane Jacobs said uh, uh, we need to reduce the role of cars because we need to uh, give the public space for the intergenerational people. Uh, we need to mix people in the streets. My uh, idea on uh, to live in a living city is totally inspired by these two people. Jane Jacobs as an activist committed for a more livable city, and Edgar Morin as a French philosopher for understanding our urban life as a complex interdependencies between the ecology, economy, and sociology. At this moment, I have decided to switch from the technological way, from the technocentered way, from the mathematics and computer science towards another uh, way, the way of the design of services, the rediscover a more liveability 
for uh, developing cities for humans, cities for people, cities for uh, cities and dwellers. And I don't think that you're alone there, Carlos. Uh, Jane Jacobs has left us a legacy of very interesting uh, ways of looking at the city from the human aspect. You said, and, and I quote, that our civilization um, has evolved from 19th century of imperial domination to a 20th century of nations domination to a 21st century of urbanization phenomenon. There is obviously a shift. If this would be a pendulum, what do you see are the signs that are anticipating these changes? The, the sentence of uh, the, 20, the, the 19th century uh, was the century of empires. The 20th century uh, was the century of uh, the state nations, and the 21st century will be the century of cities. Uh, it's a um, sentence um, pronounced by uh, Mr. Wellington Webb in 2007, where he was the former mayor of Denver, the USA, in Colorado. And at the same time, it was a black mayors, president of the Association of Black Mayors, and president at this moment of the USA Association of Mayors. I I consider that uh, this um, expression uh, was very, very powerful because in a nutshell, we could uh, anticipate the development and the challenges in the 21st century totally related to this double transformation. My, my, my good friend, Saskia Sassen. Saskia Sassen is a famous uh, sociologist, uh, international uh, sociologist. He was, she was born in Netherlands, grew in uh, Argentina. She lives in London and she's professor at uh, Columbia University in New York. Saskia Sassen coined in 1902, the global city concept. Saskia Sassen said in 1902, uh, the power of cities will become more important than the power of several uh, states. The GDP of a lot of cities around the world is already more important than the GDP of different state nations that uh, take part uh, in the international institutions as United Nations. And Saskia Sassen said as well, cities uh, have a big opportunity for developing their own model for creating more local 
uh, economical activities, for developing uh, more social interactions. And cities um, should be the, the places not only for living, but for uh, regenerating a real quality of life. I was very inspired by Saskia Sassen. The role of cities uh, was very visible uh, during the COVID-19 because for the first time in the history of uh, the modern humanity, uh, we, we were constrained. The 15-minute city concept in reality was inspired by this idea of uh, the globalization, the Saskia Sassen, when cities um, need to have a different role and we could uh, observe that in reality we have on human uh, life in our cities. Uh, we have accepted long distances, long commute. We have accepted to misuse buildings with the single uh, functions. We have accepted to lose our social interactions. We have accepted to lose uh, our useful time. And the 15-minute city, in reality, uh, was for me uh, this uh, new way for uh, saying that we need to stop uh, this uh, unhuman life in cities for uh, transforming our different cities, uh, regardless of its uh, size or density, for rediscovering more humanity, more livability, uh, more... Uh, local uh, resources, local employment, local activities for uh, reconquering the public space, for regenerating more social and cultural economical activities, for uh, banning the predominance of, uh, of cars, for banning the predominance of diesel cars, and for uh, giving a Jean Gell said, it is for people. When we think about urbanization, there is a case for compaction or for densification. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. We need to reconsider the debate on the future of uh, urbanization. And for that, we need to examine our past. The key element is that we have accepted to continue to live in cities shaped by desertifications in the legacy of the Athens Charter of uh, the modern urbanism proposed by Le Corbusier in 1933. The Athens Charter was designed out our cities for seven decades. We have accepted desunification. We have accepted this segregation, fragmentation with the corporate districts, with the cultural district, the residential areas, residential areas for the wealth people, residential areas for the working class, 
uh, etc. The question, in my opinion, is to make a, a real difference between the zonified city for going towards a more polycentric city, a more integrated city. A lot of people have discussed on densification. In reality, it's a relevant to make a difference between densification and the urban policy for overcrowding our cities. On the one hand, we have zonified. We have considered that the normal in cities is to have long distances, a long commute by this uh, traditional separation between the uh, functional activities. We need to densify for mutualizing our services. But we need to densify in a humanistic way and in an organic way. What means with that? In an organic way, because we need to uh, escape from the overcrowding with the big uh, uh, building for residence in the single functions uh, with the very poor materials. We need to densify with the mixity of people the social category, the social functions, with the organic materials, with the organic density for having vegetalizations, for being resilient in face with climate change, and for offering a lot of services in this proximity. It's not enough to have an apartment for living in a city. We need to have different services around it. With the 15 minutes, we have created another element for discussing, not for densifying or not, but for uh, bring a real quality of life in a organic uh, scale, in a human scale, for offering uh, the place for working without a long commute, for offering the local shops, the local commerce for supplying, for developing the shorter circuits, for developing medical services, for having access to a school, to the cultural activities, and for enjoying in the public spaces. The question is not densify or not in a vertical uh, architecture. The question is, we have the possibility for offering a real quality of life in a social mixity with the functional mixity for offering a lot of services in a human scale for accessing to a, a high quality of societal life. This is for me the real debate. And this is for me the real challenge. And Carlos, let's digest this a little bit. We could say that many cities, especially in Europe, and even Latin America, I'm not sure, but let's say many cities have been designed, if, if not with the idea of the 15-minute city, very similar to the concept. Let's, let's just hypothetically, let's imagine that the cities are a 15-minute city 
already, how we solved all the issues. What is the future for our different cities in our different continents uh, in regard of our challenges? Anna, the, 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 the real challenges for our cities, for the, the future in the next decade, at the horizon 2030, 2040, 2050, is surviving to the global warming. This is today for our humanity a big challenge for ensuring our habitability. Uh, the situation today is um, dramatic. The impact of the global warming in our cities today is totally visible in all continents, in Europe, in North America, in South America, in Asia, in Africa. We could observe in every day the, the terrible impact of the climate change. We have started in Latin America a new cycle of El Nino. This uh, combination of the global warming on the one hand and the El Nino on the other hand will, will bring uh, more and more difficulties for people that live in majority in cities. We need to change radically our urban lifestyle if we wanted to survive at the end of this century as civilization. This is the real question today. At the end of this century, in 2100, we will continue to exist as civilization with this lifestyle unsustainable. This is the reality. Our cities today around the world are unsustainable. We need today to relocalize our activities. We need to relocalize our activities in our cities. We need to recognize our activities in our neighborhood. We need to have more economic and social uh, interactions for promoting, uh, at the same time, a, a more friendly uh, CO2 footprint. This is the challenge for all cities. And in Europe, uh, we need to consider uh, today that is necessary to, to switch towards uh, this uh, model. This was the idea of the mayor of Paris, Anne Hidalgo. And Anne Hidalgo uh, said in 2018, it is not enough to fight against the climate change with the technical measures. The, 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 the strategic key is in reality the role of cities. And Anne Hidalgo said, we need to change our cities and for that, it's not a question of the different infrastructures, but the different services. And the proximity, this is a key, plays a key role for this transformation. Paris is the, um, is the highest density in Europe, the sixth density in the world. But the city of Paris is the uh, city in Europe 
with the more density of services, the commercial services. We have a lot of services in all cities. The major studies uh, is totally aware that the importance of the challenge on proximity is at the same time the challenge for this resilient in face with climate change. In Latin America, this is not the case. Carlos, um, you have a background in technology. So I think it's proper that we talk a little bit about the concept of the smart city. Mm-hmm. Unpacked a little bit, why do you think this is important? And what what is a human smart city? And, and I have developed this uh, term, the human smart city, um, when I have started my um, turning point between the technological city, the smart city, towards a more livable city. In 2000, I was one of the pioneers in the smart cities. I um, uh, proposed in 2006, uh, after the emergence of internet, different uh, technological solutions with the digital platforms for um, managing the different infrastructures in cities, uh, public lamp posts or uh, traffic of cars in cities, uh, uh, different sources of uh, mobility uh, for mix with uh, public transportation, uh, etc. And uh, in 2010, I said that uh, this technological way, called at this moment smart city, um, reality uh, was uh, a, a false idea, uh, given that, uh, of course, uh, the internet revolution, the emergence of uh, mobile devices, uh, the emergence of uh, uh, geolocalization, offers the new possibilities uh, for uh, introducing technologies for different services. But at the same time, uh, I said at this moment that if we wanted to transform our cities, the center of gravity uh, in reality should be uh, people, the cities and dwellers, and not uh, the technological uh, breakthrough, the innovations. A uh, lot of uh, companies uh, believe at this moment that with the technology we, we will solve the problem as uh, including climate change and poverty. Uh, I prefer that this moment uh, to introduce the term human smart city for considering that before the technical solutions, we need to examine the real condition of uh, the citizen dwellers in the daily life for measuring our real capability for transforming uh, our cities. 
uh, in 2010 in Barcelona, um, the city of Barcelona uh, has started a Congress, Smart City Expo World Congress. Uh, and uh, the, the, first, uh, the first Congress uh, was in 2010, I was invited for, for that. And um, uh, I explained that a smart city, why not? Because uh, I, I am a mathematician and computer scientist, but uh, the, 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 the center of gravity is a humanistic way for uh, considering the social, economical, and ecological needs of citizen dwellers. And, and Carlos, in one of your previous talks, you mentioned how digital technology is ubiquitous. Um, you also said that uh, as a result of that, uh, we are facing hyper-connectivity challenges. Right. Do you see the inception of this omnipresent uh, digital technology in daily life as a transformation? The question, in fact, is my uh, reflection on the role of technology in, in our daily uh, lives. After the emergence of internet, after, after the, in 2000, after the emergence of the mobile devices in 2005, uh, after the predominance of social networks, uh, in reality, we have uh, observed the transformations of the behavior of uh, people by the um, intensive uses of uh, uh, the different uh, technological uh, things. I said that uh, uh, for the first time in the history of uh, humanity, uh, each one of us, uh, the different citizen dwellers, uh, are massively uh, hyper-connected. This is the new era of the instantaneous uh, connectivity. Um, at the same time, for the first time in the history of humanity, we are massively social disconnected. We have a lot of people uh, totally disconnected uh, of their friends, of their neighbors, etc. This was one of the reasons for proposing this uh, Jane Jacobs concept uh, to live in a living city. We need to reconsider the role of uh, people in the public space to offer to teenagers, to children, the public spaces uh, for transforming uh, our neighbor uh, relations for developing more livable streets, more livable uh, neighborhood, for developing social and economical interaction. I, 
I am totally convinced that this is one of the most complex challenges for the next decades to transform this uh, trend to be more and more and more uh, digitally isolated for creating a new generation of the digital citizens. First citizens after digital. The answer is to um, rediscover our humanity in our cities, to rediscover our streets, our uh, our squares, our public spaces, to discover the, the social interaction, to rediscover the local economies, the, the, to rediscover our, our families, our neighborhood, to recreate uh, the more uh, uh, humanistic uh, challenges.